I'm your host, Katiana, and I'm here with my co-host, James. Welcome to My 99 Cents, a podcast about youth in the working world. We are so excited to take you guys all along on our journey to see what the working world is like from the eyes of a Gen Zer. Today, we'll be joined by Rudy Gnawan, who's going to tell us about his experience founding Rudy Gnawan and Partners and how to be successful and seen as a professional in the working world. The goal of the podcast is to inspire like Gen Zers like me to, to be more proactive about uh, business and the world around them because a lot of people are are like too afraid or like, like don't want to learn more about it and that's the reason that they're scared to come into something like this and it's also like preparing the youth for the future so that's like what this main thing is about so why I wanted like, to talk to you it's like uh, it's about like uh, your experiences and uh, like personal insight, something like that. So I'll be asking like a few questions. It's like an interview style. Uh, I'll be asking a few questions and you can answer uh, how you'd like. <laughs> sure, sure. Big topic, big topic for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will let you to lead then. Yeah. How are you, by the way? <laughs> okay, still working from home. <laughs> I think the same like your father. Yeah, but it's a holiday today, right? Today is holiday, yeah. But um, I, I think when you work with companies that actually having multiple offices, mm-hmm. that holiday become very gray and blur. They don't have holiday, you have holiday. They have holiday, we don't have holiday. So just getting blurred. Oh, actually, uh, like tell me a bit, little bit about yourself. Like what is your job? Where did you go to school? What do you work as? Because I'm not really sure. <laughs> go to school with your dad. <laughs> okay. uh, so basically, she had the same school, high school, with your dad. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where uh, that's where we know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we play, uh, have fun a lot. Uh, then after that, we start uh, splitting. Uh, he went to uh, university in Jakarta. I went to university in Depok, uh, University of Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, then. After that, I think I got lucky. Uh, uh, I didn't plan, but I got lucky. I joined uh, one of, um, I would say, professional uh, company where I learned how to behave professionally. It's actually uh, Arthur Anderson. Now it's already non-existent because they they changed name and there were cases that they become uh, EY now. So I learned a lot about uh, how to be professional or how to be seen as professional. I, up until now, I don't really know what is professional, but at least the world see professional this way. So I learned how to behave like that. So learn a lot of things, um, got a very, uh, your age, you probably call it nasty, nasty female boss, uh, boss, I got that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but learn a lot, uh, learn how uh, a shirt can actually uh, change people uh, look at you, uh, will change the way people behave in front of you. Uh, even shoes, uh, some shoes uh, are actually exposing the toes, some shoes are not. Uh, that They actually pay attention to that one. The color of the uh, shirt, the color of the shoes has to be dark, that kind of things. So learn a lot uh, and learn a lot how to present uh, get grilled a lot with this uh, lady boss. But uh, now I can say I learned a lot uh, from this company. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I uh, got an opportunity 
uh, I think the same with your dad. Uh, we, we went to Australia. I got a scholarship with uh, ANU, mm-hmm. but different city with your dad. Yeah. Uh, then there got new learning curve, uh, learning how to uh, do some business topic, work with different people. Much of them, more of them are actually more seniors than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them are actually uh, a general now in Australia. Yeah. Learn uh, different culture. Then after that, got a job back uh, with Accenture. Got a job back with Accenture, uh, have a lot of travel. So that's where I start to see uh, what is it like to work uh, not in one limited countries, one limited culture, mm-hmm. where you see different people from different culture, which probably for you, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the lucky generation, uh, the, the lucky one, uh, you got to know this one since uh, high school, different kind of uh, nationality, different kind of culture, background. But for me, I didn't know anything about uh, except Indonesia or Chinese Indonesian culture. Mm-hmm. But then uh, learn how to work with um, British people, how to learn with, with American, how to learn. I stationed in Singapore quite a long time there until I got bored. Uh, I dislike Singapore. Uh, then... After that, uh, what I did was uh, a move that I thought was quite interesting, uh, which basically uh, I can say, which which probably interesting for your age. Uh, you know the term of uh, being a small fish in a big pond yeah. or big fish in a small pond. Okay, so that kind of thing. So I thought, okay, so enough working for big names you you know how it works uh let's see how the small company behave uh because there are a lot of successful small companies in indonesia mm-hmm. uh, join one of them uh i learned uh this hard thing when when you work for a big company mm-hmm. uh, a lot of clients actually come to you because they know you and they need your name they even sometimes need a stamp uh, from you just to, to decide something. They ask you as a consultant, you give a recommendation, you stamp the recommendation letter. They use that one for different purposes. They even pay for that. But for a small company, Was, yeah. So during this time, were you still like uh, working in like different countries constantly? Uh, starting from, uh, I think Accenture time, work a lot in different countries, join this small company. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. So basically, pretty much based in Indonesia, except traveling within Indonesia, Bandung, Surabaya, that kind of thing. So we learn, in, or I learn in this uh, in this small company. I believe what they they call the real life business. So basically, you you have to go all out to beg for business. Uh, people don't know you. Uh, when, when you give a name card, they actually don't know who you are, you are working for. Uh, different treatment are more difficult, uh, but you have uh, actually all the tools within you. You don't have the names, but you have all the tools. You have the agility. You can change everything that you want in terms of the proposal offering. You control the whole pricing. You control end-to-end from what you want to do from the beginning till the end. You choose your own team. 
So it was quite an interesting one. Uh, then uh, I think as human, you start to grow old and you start to kind of know what you like, what you don't like. Mm -hmm. And I think I start to miss uh, time where you work with different people, see different world, uh, interact with the different client coming from different countries. Uh, that kind of experience was missing. So then I got the opportunity uh, again with uh, a small company based in Europe to start their presence in Asia. It was 2005, early 2005. Mm -hmm. So then uh, decided to, okay, uh, why not? It's a different experience. It's not a big company. Uh, it's not a small local company. It's a multinational, but small. Uh, it's a very niche uh, industry, which is payment. Uh, at that time, people were talking about uh, payment industry is as, as old as prostitution. Oh. Sorry for the language. You can cut that one. <laughs> meaning that, oh, sorry, uh, meaning that uh, the, 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 the payment industry is, is there, people trading with gold, that kind of things, pay with gold, pay with coins, pay with card now. So uh, the industry is there and will always be there as long as human uh, survive. Mm -hmm. So it's quite an interesting uh, part, try to, uh, try to help them to build the, the, the business in Asia, started from Singapore, uh, branch out. Uh, now, I think I'm, I'm now leading uh, like five offices in four countries uh, for Asia. Uh, we start from really small, like just uh, three person uh, we, with a notebook and a bag and that's it. No desk, no office, nothing. So we, we, we built that one from scratch. Uh, it was a good experience. Uh, up until now, I think I still, uh, I still enjoy uh, this kind of uh, environment. And fortunately, I think after several years, we, uh, or my, the company I'm working uh, for, is regarded uh, one of the best. You go to Gartner, you go to Open, then you will see that OpenWay is one of the best for the payment uh, solution. So we were proud for what we have, we have done. So, hmm? so like, can you talk about like your experiences of like working with like, uh, different cultures and working with uh, different countries, people from different countries, because you talked about like having four offices in like diff in four different countries, right? Uh, if we, they are different, uh, different, uh, how should I say? Um, there are some differences, but more subtle in Asia, mm -hmm. but they are, more obvious differences when you compare Asian and European, uh, Asian and Afri African, uh, Asian and Middle East, then start to see differences. Yeah. Uh, an example is that, um, uh, there are some sample, but there are some bad sample that pop up in my mind that probably <laughs> not a good one to share uh, in your podcast, but they are sample. Let me think on how something, uh, uh, 
more like uh, probably in a professional way, uh, in a neutral way. Up to you. How, how do you want to, uh, or how how nasty you want to hear the sample? The more neutral way, way is that in Asia, when you work with client, mm -hmm. the culture of master and slave is there. If you are a customer, they are more behaving like a master. If you are a vendor, they treat you more like a state slave or mm -hmm. someone that actually you pay for. Mm -hmm. uh, in Europe, it's different. They look at you are more eye to eye. Mm. So uh, I am buying something from you and I need your help to deliver this one in a professional manner. So uh, it's, it's different uh, behavior. The, the tone when you converse, the way they ask for it, uh, the way they negotiate are all different. Mm. And in general, it is easier for Asian to get project in Europe because of that. It's more difficult for European to get project in Asia because of that, because Asian customer expecting uh, to be more uh, master kind of like, but European are expecting eye to eye kind of treatment. So that's some of the differences, but they are, many other things. Uh, European are more, uh, not all European are professional, but um, most of them are quite really uh, strict, like even very difficult for you to ask for lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, while in Asia, it's quite a norm and expected for you to go for lunch or coffee, that kind of things to build a relation. Mm. That's the thing that I observe. Um, so different culture uh, within Asia, then we see uh, quite uh, something differences. And one of the things that need to pay attention a lot is language, I think. Mm -hmm. when, when we go to Singapore, uh, you don't really feel it. But when you go to Hong Kong, you want to do business there, language start to become a barrier. Mm. You go to Vietnam, uh, language start to become a barrier. You go to Philippines, not so much. You go to Malaysia, not so much, because those uh, are are pretty much like Singaporean like us. They, they have English speaking uh, people, they are professionals. Okay. But in countries like uh, Vietnam, then it starts to become very difficult. Yeah. So those are some of the differences within Asia that I can share. Mm. Also, like working like in different countries constantly, like do you fly a lot? Now, no. Huh? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the pandemic you're... doesn't allow people to fly. But uh, in normal days, uh, yes, have to fly a lot. Uh, there were time where I actually hate airports because I have to travel every week. Uh -huh. uh, so you really hate going to the airport. Uh, but uh, it's it's something that um, different people will have a different experience. For me, after uh, staying away from traveling and just uh, focusing on local markets, start to miss that kind of experience. That's the reason why I'm coming back to uh, companies where we have entity in different uh, countries. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's super interesting. Um, but like 
backtracking to like the beginning of like uh, your work experience when you were talking about uh, that female boss. So like, yeah, uh, can you talk more about like the ex- the expectations that people don't really see and like uh, how cl- clothing and like uh, how you dress yourself it really talks more than um, your work because it's like it's like a good first impression, right? Uh, yeah, I think in the in the past are easier easier in in, in the sense that um, I think now now become more complicated in in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, in the past was just uh, a suit and a tie will not will not go wrong yeah. uh, and uh, let, let me give you an example of this one uh, nowadays people are very informal casual you, you can even meet a CEO with uh, sneakers okay uh sometimes uh, you, you go to some startup in europe then you go to the office you see people wearing sneakers and shorts there at the office working uh interesting but in the past i will i even learned that the material of the shirt can actually give a different impression they are material of the shirt that actually very soft like silk mm-hmm. so it actually uh uh, it actually flow through your body. So not really giving you the firm kind of look. So that's why a uh, shirt just cotton and iron, uh, being iron and then like that, that kind of like paper kind of things are more preferable. They give the impression of you are actually serious. Yeah. Uh, those which is soft clothing, silk kind of thing, that are considered very informal. Mm -hmm. And when you meet with, uh, if you go, because I was working uh, as a consultant, so sometimes I need to lead a meeting that the attendants are much more senior than me. You go to a boardroom, you will need to wear dark uh, dark clothing, uh, dark suit, uh, dark colored pants, uh, black shoes uh, with shoelace, so you you don't really you can, but uh, you will get some kind of weird eyes from your boss when you wear shoes black color but without shoelace. Okay, uh, so that's uh, where you try, and then you your body language also play an important role over there. So how you actually. Um, it's very, very particular, I think. Uh, maybe not really applicable in, in, in this time, but certain people have the tendency. I can give you an example in the extreme case like this. Do you know the, the Javanese culture, the Karaton kind of things, mm-hmm. where when people actually want to move by, they actually bow or hunch. Yeah. So, um, so uh, normal people, just Western people, they, they uh, walk, by, uh, walk by, they just walk by normally. But some uh, Western, some really uh, like Japanese, they, you will see when a low level ranking people passing by, they tend to hunch. Uh, and that kind of things uh, actually was there in a meeting. 
-hmm. So depending on the level of the people that you are talking to, then you have to have a different body language. Mm -hmm. mm. That, yeah, that's super interesting. Like, uh, I, I would like never think that uh, your attire actually matters that much because like, I'm also someone who doesn't really care about those sort of things. Uh, Nowadays less. Huh? Nowadays, Nowadays less. less. Less important. Nowadays less. So is it a lot more chill now? Now is, uh, I think the world, uh, I would say, in my opinion, mm -hmm. the world is uh, getting better at uh, acknowledging uh, everything on their own space. Uh, human or their own space, Indonesian in Indonesian culture. Mm. So it's okay, Indonesian to wear batik now. Everywhere they go, they're proud. Yeah. Uh, to a certain degree, even people who has the same sex interests are also acknowledging, okay, so now, I don't know whether it's good or bad, but the world start to see it uh, okay now. Uh, even they have some uh, supporters there. Uh, and in the past, uh, I, I'm not really fluent in English. My accent is just different from the normal English people. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, I'm quite normal. People acknowledge, okay, you have this uh, Filipino accent, you have this Singaporean accent, you have this Indonesian accent. As long as I understand you, you understand me, we are fine. Mm. But in the past, okay, you don't speak that accent. Okay, uh, you get less respect there. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think in that sense, the world is getting better, in my opinion. So like, do you think like moving forward, we'll continue to uh, along that path where every, everything is more accepting? I don't know in the future, but I can sense, I can see now the trend is, toward there, yeah. up to the point, if you go to some countries, you will, I think you like to travel, your family like to travel, you travel, you will, you will be surprised to see uh, clothing shops that doesn't really differentiate between male and female. Mm -hmm. uh, some, even some, uh, in some public places, uh, in some countries, they don't really differentiate between female and male toilet. It's just, you go. You do your business. It's okay. You are the same. No different. Uh, why should we differentiate? So I think the world now have that trend. In the future, I, I don't know. Mm. Okay. So I'd like to move along the conversation back to about mm -hmm. that change between uh, working for big, big companies to like working for small companies. Like how was like that jump? And like, was there like a turning point where you're like, um, I regret moving to small companies. Mm, no, my experience, no, no. I, 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 I value that, that experience. Mm -hmm. um, one, I got to know, uh, when you work for a big business, you, you kind of like uh, be proud of your attire. Mm -hmm. You, in a way, you kind of a bit of uh, snob or a bit of cocky. I work for this big boy, big names, okay? Mm -hmm. So you tend to 
in order to build relationship or when you meet your friends, you tend to uh, to show that, to flash that uh, in order to build relationship. And you get a positive response because, ah, you work for this one. Okay, cool. How is it like to work in that kind of situation? Yeah. But when you work for a small company, you, you act, I actually learned that, okay, that actually doesn't really matter. All those name cards, the names doesn't matter. That doesn't belong to you. Mm -hmm. It's very temporary. What really stay with you is your attitude and your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And in a small company, when you build relation, you start to, to see that the problem, people don't know your company. So then you need to start to show something. Then you need to build your attitude to be able to understand uh, when you talk to people, you or I start to understand that I need to try to understand where they are coming from. Before I met the person, I need to understand this person is actually who and who try to go to LinkedIn, try to go to uh, the team and ask how it looks like uh, working with this person. Then you start to be able to behave differently. You don't really flash uh, your the name card or the name of the company, you actually start to show that uh, yourself, I'm here to help you. Uh, I'm here, uh, want to know you. I'm here, want to listen to you. Yeah. And so I learned that kind of uh, attitude and built different kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. So I still value that experience. Yeah. So, so like, um, other other than attitude, like what are like the other traits that you're, you're you cherish from your experiences working in a small company? Uh, there are a lot of valuable one, a lot of valuable, but the one that uh, I uh, the one that I really uh, treasure, I think, just what I mentioned to you. So learn. Uh, learn to learn to be humble yeah. learn to be a genuine person mm -hmm. so I'm just a person I'm not representing a company I'm coming here to listen to you and I'm coming here to offer something uh, to you uh, so you try to be genuine that's what I treasure but there are many other things that are valuable you, you learn you go to a small company uh, there are not many ranking. So you can talk to the number one easily. Mm -hmm. uh, they bring you here and there. Uh, you know a lot of uh, important people easier mm -hmm. uh, in a small company. Uh, so a lot of interesting people uh, in the small company, interesting network. You even learn, uh, even learn a lot of uh, things uh, that you don't really learn. Uh, up to the point, if you go to a small company, you learn how to lay a cable lay a cable you don't use a cable and plug to connect to your computer you lay a cable and try to learn how to configure a router to make it work so there are a lot of interesting things yeah that's super interesting uh, so unfortunately like we're running out of time but uh, thank you so much and I just want to end off with one last question and it's like for the younger generation like with your experiences what is like the main uh Thing that you want to leave off for them like would you have any advice for them like general it's just general advice always tough on that one because um i don't know i'm, I'm not a guru in that topic but i can only 
derive something from my experience and what I see based on my experience is that uh, the younger generation, including my, my family, my kids there, mm-hmm. they are all uh, luxurious generation. They are all taking for granted kind of generation. Everything that they have is just being provided yeah. amazingly. Uh, and nothing much that we can do. Uh, I, I cannot ask the family, for, I cannot ask your family to remove all your facility. cannot. Yeah. But for the younger generation, I think uh, if they can try to build the attitude of uh, fixing things, try to, to, to build the attitude of fixing, like, okay, now school cannot go face-to-face. Uh, there are some problems. Try to find something that can fix that one with the school. Or the canteen of the school uh, is broken. Then you start bringing uh, some, uh, try to propose something to the school to bring this uh, outsourcing to solve the problem. Mm. Or up to the point, uh, stupid things, something not working, uh, television, television or network is not working at home. I try to learn that one and try to find a way to solve it. I think those small little things will build the attitude of uh, solving uh, problem. Mm-hmm. And when, they, when you grow up, I think that's one of the uh, key uh, skills. You go to business, you go to client, you meet the client, Basically, they pay you to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for insightful information and also like your wonderful experiences. Thank you for sharing all of that today. And thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. See you. Okay. Thanks. See you, James. Bye-bye. Bye.